Overworked, a podcast. Bold storytelling. Balanced lives. Brighter futures. Welcome to Overworked. I'm Masmi with Shalyn, Caitlin, and Jill. And today we are talking about something that's actually very near and dear to my heart, and it's mentorship. And I think along with that come the concepts of empowerment, leadership, and really helping someone find their voice, which is what Overworked is all about. I really do believe that leaders are made, not just born. It comes from learning your strengths, realizing your worth, and that you have something to say. And then finally, employing the tactics to become a successful leader. I really think that the best mentors are the ones that you have a deep connection with. It was Ariana Huffington who said, restore connection is not just for devices, it's for people too. If we cannot disconnect, we cannot lead. From my mother and father to my dance teacher and mentors I've had at work, I've really learned to lead by example and mentoring others is a small way of paying it forward. Mentorship is also one of the reasons I started the Women's Leadership Network at my company. It felt important and the need to build a community um, of, of women who were there to support each other, not only through you know, the trials and tribulations at work, but also just in a personal space, you know, especially with COVID. I, I remember one of our first meetings during COVID, we had a topic chosen to talk and it ended up just being, you know, how are, how are you dealing with this? How are you making food? How are you working out? Um, and it really became that support network. Um, today, we are really excited to have Cheryl McFilmy on our podcast. Cheryl is a professor at Loyola University in Chicago, and she's the founder and faculty advisor of Inigo Communications, Chicago's first student-run communications agency. She's going to be on a little bit um, later in the episode to talk about how she's become a mentor to so many, um, what she has taught, the advice she's given, and how she's helped several people start their careers. Perfect. Yeah, Moss, I'm super excited to talk to Cheryl. But also this topic is very near and dear to my heart as well. Um, Mentorship for women earlier in their career and later in their career is so critical to building confidence and just creating even a peer group for you to have, um, you know, a sounding board for any issues that come up. Um, Mentorships look like a lot of different things. Um, So a 2019 study found that 63% of women have never had a formal mentor. Over half of women don't have somebody that they could turn to when they're having a really tough challenge, either at work or at school or in life. There's always going to be something Um, that comes up. And so that number is kind of shocking and a little bit scary, especially in a post-COVID world where things are going to look really different. But it's also a barrier to growth. So a lot of times you'll have some sort of situation where you have a couple options and maybe, you know, it's the proverbial ladder that we've talked about. Um, Do you follow the standard growth strategy or do you take a jungle gym approach? You know, and not having a mentor to have those conversations with can really stunt your career growth. It can also um, create kind of a hard time for you when you're trying to decide, do I stay at a company or do I leave? Or, you know, there are a lot of different ways that that can um, cause some concerns. But the good news is, like you said, Moss, um, many companies do have a formal mentorship program and they've seen success with them. I love the AWLN network that you've created. Um, I think it's presented really great opportunity to chat with people in the organization that I never would have talked to before because they're not part of my either peer group or my day-to-day activities. So just having that resource has been huge. 
So I think to kick off this conversation, I'd love to chat with you to hear what you think mentorship means. So throughout your career, Moss, what has it looked like for you? Sure. I think oftentimes mentorship is not just about getting advice. It can often be someone that you just need to speak to kind of as a sounding board, especially, you know, you might be wanting to ask for a raise or you might be wanting to even switch departments. I'm talking to someone about um, this is what I'm feeling. How do I go about the conversation? I've always approached mentorship in a much more informal way. You know, you ladies know this, that I've encouraged people to like set up a coffee chat with me and we'll run to Starbucks, you know, before the pandemic, of course, you know, run to Starbucks and talk about things. Um, so it doesn't have to be like this whole meeting with a list of agendas. It can just be talking about, you know, how you're feeling in the moment. Um, I've also had people just come and ask me, like, how did you get to where you are? And, you know, I started, a, started with a computer science degree after wanting to be a dance major and somehow ended up as a strategist, as you were saying that I, I guess I took the jungle gym approach to my career, um, but I was a little bit all over the place. Um, but what that did is it really let me hone in on what I wanted to do. And so I think part of being a mentor or what mentorship means to me is also just talking about experiences. I don't think anyone has a right or wrong answer, but there's a lot of guidance, I I suppose you could say, that people can glean from each other's experiences. How about you? Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like when you're early in your career, you feel like you have one track and one track only to get you to the quote unquote success. And I have a very, very crazy background as well. I mean, I started my career working in China because I graduated during the 2008 recession. So I basically (laughs) took a leap of faith and hoped that a country that was hiring like hotcakes uh, would hire me. And I got lucky, but um, I definitely did not take a traditional path in my career. And I think you're totally right that having the experience behind me now um, and being able to share that with other people at different stages in their career to say there is no one way to do things is is really valuable. I think the other piece of this too is the difference in mentorship or like informal mentorship versus leadership versus management. Like each of those get used interchangeably, but they're very different, right? Usually mentorship is kind of coaching. And leadership is sort of this visionary role. And management is more executional, uh, attention to detail, making sure that you are checking all the boxes. And so I think having the, the difference between each of those and having somebody that you can use as a resource for each of those functions is really helpful too. So yeah, I agree with you, Moss, per usual. <laughs> I think that's an important point you mentioned, actually. You don't have to have just one mentor. Um, I have, you know, different mentorships. Um, One, you know, is someone who is a fabulous speaker and speaks really well. And I go to him. It doesn't even have to be a female, right? I go to him uh, to talk about things about, you know, how can I improve my speaking skills? How do you build that confidence? And early on in my career, it was really important. I have mentors where I talk about, you know, just physical fitness and, you know, how do I, how do I work that into my life? And then of course your career mentors. So I think it's important that as we aspire to be well-rounded, well-balanced people, that we also create this community of well-balanced, well-rounded people who, you know, are part of our tribe and it just builds um, more of who we can go to and more who we can get guidance from and more 
of who we can learn from. So speaking to that, Cheryl, you to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about, you know, your career and how you've gotten here. Sure. Yeah. I'm Cheryl McPhillamy. I've owned my own communications agency here in Chicago for many years, and I am on the faculty at Loyola Chicago. I'm in the advertising and public relations department in the School of Communication, and I am the faculty advisor to Inigo Communications, which is our student-run agency. Well, I am familiar with you, Cheryl. I'm trying to think back when we originally met. Um, gosh, was that was it 2017? Fall 2017. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I just remember coming from a background of communications and PR and starting an agency, which I highly recommend to anybody who wants to get a lot of tough but great experience early in their career. Um, agency is the way to go, in my opinion. Um, but when I first met you and you said you were creating this student run agency, I was I couldn't believe that nobody else had done that in the area because it is so valuable to students and to anybody entering their career. Because I think communications and marketing, I mean, you guys have seen the um, the tech stack example from um, Scott Brinker, but it's like thousands of different things that you could do in marketing and comms. And when you're in college, you have no idea how many ways you can take your career. And so I think Inigo gives students the opportunity to see what client management looks like and what different projects look like and like real world experience that is just giving them such a leg up on the competition. So when I met you, I was blown away by what you were doing. Yeah. And you were one of our first clients. I don't know if you know that, but when we when we talked to you, the students, we had absolutely no track record. So it was a little bit of a, hey, here's what we think we can do. Will you take a, a chance on us? And Chalyn, that's one of the things I love about you is you saw the vision and we're like, yes, I will take a chance on you. And I think, I mean, we often talk about like how long you've been a client of the agency and we're talking about mentorship today and the you're the client of the agency, but I think you are a mentor at heart. And that's part of what's made it such a successful relationship. You had that warm spot for students and you were like, you go what, you know, you're very, very encouraging of them. Um, and I appreciate that a ton. Oh, thank you. I, I feel like there's nothing better than getting real world experience from somebody who, and I, I think you've told me this, <laughs> um, that I'm harsh, but fair. Um, I give them really, I do give them feedback like I would an agency because one, I know they're highly capable. Every time I've worked with Inigo, the students are so polished and so thoughtful and that all comes from you, um, giving them the the guardrails to be able to do something really creative and interesting, um, but to do it really well at such an early age. Um, I absolutely love it. So I wanted to just ask you where the idea came from and sort of how you brought it to life, because I'm sure it was no small feat. Inigo really, it really came out of a combination of things. I was working as a, I was teaching as an adjunct at Loyola while running my own, my own business. And oh my goodness, I've probably hired, it's dozens, it's in the hundreds of entry level and intern um, professionals in their careers. And 
you know, the communications business, the agency business is competitive. It's hard to get in. And with the, you know, for me, when I started, the joke was, who's your uncle? Particularly (laughs) Chicago has that reputation and Chicago communications certainly did. Who do you, who do you know? And you had to have an in. And even for myself, I I knew I wanted to to work in PR at that point. I went to a, a good university. I had done an internship. I'd been a, uh, a writer for the Daily Herald. So I knew I could write. And even at that, it was such a challenge to break in. My own parents were accountants. They were like, we'd love to help you. We don't know one in this business. Sorry. <laughs> it's, I so, totally hear you. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I think I have, it's maybe it's not surprising since I, I love teaching and, you know, have a teaching gig. Um, that that's part of my personality. And so when new people would come on board, I, I think I always have had that sense of like, how can I help you? How can I, how can I explain this crazy world? Agencies, they have their own culture, their own style. I often think of it as dropping onto a hundred mile an hour highway. It's hard to get on. And then whew, that's the, the way the agency world works is very like we dropped you into the deep end or we dropped you into the fast lane. Are you going to make it or not? Right. It's also like the mafia, right? Like once you're in, it's hard to get out. <laughs> I don't know why that came up to mind, but yeah. <laughs> it's true, Moss. You're totally right. You, it's hard to leave because you're, you're like in it and it's exciting and it's um, stressful. Yeah. And I I think you make a great point. And those, those are the two spots where I think mentoring is most needed. Getting on, getting in. Once you're in, there's, there is more support. And also, I don't know if I'd call it support, but you're just in so thick and deep and moving so fast. You know, you're, you're sort of swept along with it. When you want out, that's a really challenging time because the agency, it's a hundred miles an hour. It's all about the clients. It's all about success. It's in that fast lane, which is exhilarating and exciting. You might hit a point in your career where you would like to go client side, or maybe you want to work at a nonprofit, or you want to take some time off and have a family. You, you know, there's, you want to start your own agency and there's not, I think there's not a lot of mentorship for how do you make that, that decision. And particularly in that hundred mile an hour environment, even the people who might be good mentors to you while you're there, they don't have time to stop and help you figure out this, you know, how you, how you get out of it or as I get out, it's a, it's a fantastic career. I mean, I love agency, Um, but how do you, how do you assess? How do you think about where you're headed? Um, the things that you want a mentor to take time to do. So, yeah. And I, you know, I know you have a focus on women particularly. And one thing about communications is there are a lot of women in it, which is, which is nice. It's, it's, it's fun and it's, it's great. So I think at the entry and mid career level, there are a lot of women historically not as many women at the top of the agency structure it's changing right and every time i see a woman as the head of one of the big agencies i'm like way to go way to go there i remember one of the agencies i was at a woman went on mat leave and came back and i am not kidding you the day she got back she got put on three new biz proposals knowing full well that this woman also has a newborn at home 
Um, and I just remember thinking, holy crap, this poor woman, she's never going to sleep. Um, but it, it struck me because she was VP level plus. Um, and the expectation of a VP level person, either at agency or in consulting, Moss, you're familiar, is that you're selling. Um, so it's not just mastering the trade um, and, you know, getting really great at client management and comms and all of that, that that entails, but also the sales side of it, which I feel like is a totally different ball game um, for communications or for consulting. Um, and I think it requires a different kind of mentor there too. So Cheryl, we talked a lot about in our past podcasts, a lot about setting boundaries and transforming, um, you know, being able to take a pause and write the ship, so to speak, and say, hey, this is, you know, this was great for my 20s. Now in my 30s, like I want more family time and I want to do something else. How do you mentor, you know, not just those women, but those, those people? I mean, men have this issue too, right? Where they're like, I might want something different in my life right now. What are the, what's the advice that you give? And, you know, I think part of the reason people stay in something that they don't like for so long is that they're scared. Um, so what advice can you give them to, you know, move forward in a way that is authentic to themselves? Yeah, the two, the two best pieces of advice I think I have for people who are in that situation. One is, or the first is advice I got from my own mentor, which is right people, right projects. So take a look. Who are the people in your life, your world? What are the projects you're working on? Where are those right and where aren't those? I mean, it's, it's that simple, like at a gut level. Do I love this work? Am I doing the right things? And who are the people? And where, the, where those aren't right, that's, that's a sign to you. Like, okay, pay attention to this and start thinking about what else, where, what is a better fit. The other thing that, that I find myself talking with people about is this trap of precious perfect. You always have this, I'm not ready to make that move yet because I need to get this one more experience or I haven't done enough digital. So I need to do that before I'm ready to make the leap. Or if I'm going to start my own firm, I need this. Yeah. Precious perfect will kill you. You know, there's a, there's a time to, to really look at what are your fears, what's holding you back and, and when is it time to just go. I love that. Precious. Perfect. Um, you're right. Sometimes there's never a good time. It's just, you got to make the jump. How do you build strong relationships with your mentees? Is there, you know, I feel like a lot of things are manufactured where it's like, we'll meet once a week at four o'clock on Thursday, but you know, and talk for an hour, but often those aren't things that actually work. And, you know, sometimes I don't talk to my, my mentors for six months. Cause I, you know, don't need it at that time. I think a good mentor-mentee relationship is like a really good friendship. You know, some of your best friends, you might only talk to them every six months or six months can go by and you pick right back, back up. So I think a, in a sense, a friendship is actually part of really good mentor-mentee relationship. That's a, that's a component of it. I think the ways I build strong relationships or the things I'd suggest to someone who's a men in a mentor role. Uh, number one is listen. That is the fundamental job of the mentor. Listen. And I think you have to be a believer in the person. If you aren't and this kind of ties to that friendship idea. If you aren't, if you don't genuinely like them, if you don't genuinely believe in them, you know, then you can be an occasional resource or contact to them, but maybe not the, not their mentor. 
I would also say honesty, especially about the situation, the situation and the organization. If you work in the same organization, there is a point at which loyalty to your mentee might trump the organization. And when I think about people who've been mentees of mine, there have been hard moments where I realize, okay, yeah, you actually should leave here. You, <laughs> right? Somebody's not, maybe they didn't get the promotion they wanted and the, or the politics or the, of the situation. And there, there are times that, yeah, that, that might be the case. So I think, and I think that's actually a good test if you're the mentee. Does your mentor speak honestly with you about the organization you work in, or are you getting, you know, the company line or the more official rhetoric? So I think that's that's really important. And then I would also say vulnerability. As a mentor, you know what I, I like to think of. I don't know. This is just my own philosophy, but I often think about people. Um, it's, it's Ralph, Ralph Williams, who is this phenomenal lecturer at the University of Michigan, talks about people being chunks of carbon. You know, we're on Earth, which is spinning and kind of holding us to the Earth. And then our Earth is flinging around the solar system. And if you think of yourself as a chunk of carbon on this planet, flinging around, everybody else who's alive on Earth at the same time is a contemporary. So if someone's 20 years younger than me, 20 years older than me, on the grand macro scheme of things, we're were contemporaries. And I might have something to share with them, but they also have things to share with me. I think, I think Jill Brinson is a great example of this. Um, she knows all kinds of things about production and that I have that ability to be really vulnerable with her because I don't. Everything I've learned about production, I've learned from Jill. So looking at people it, not just like I'm the mentor with the wisdom to a part, but who, you know, everybody's got wisdom to share. And I think that's really, really key. And the best mentor mentee relationships have that give and take. There are two things you just said that I absolutely love. And one is this sort of reverse mentorship where, you know, maybe somebody more junior to you knows something that you just are not familiar with. Um, and I, I feel like that's so common these days with different technology platforms and things that there is just, there's no way I'm going back 10 years to learn a new software program. I am sorry. Thank you, Jill, for doing that for us because we love you. <laughs> um, and I just don't have the brain capacity for it anymore. <laughs> um, but then the second thing that you said ties back to some of the other topics we've talked about. And it's all about authenticity. And I think it ties to vulnerability and it ties to being a person first and foremost instead of a company. Um, and I absolutely agree with you. I love that. And it's something that I believe wholeheartedly with my mentees and my mentors is that the person comes first and have that very real conversation. And, you know, it might suck for the organization, but, you know, people come first. So I love that. And the vulnerability, that's good advice for the mentee as well. That's something, and we, that's something I often tell people that I meet, particularly early career people, or with going back to the student agency um, where we've got professional mentors set up to help them. And I often see people at the start of their careers who have that veneer of fabulousness and they try to keep that 
up. If your relationship with your mentor is just you telling your mentor how perfect you are and how great everything is, then maybe that's not actually your mentor. Maybe that's a really good contact you're trying to impress. And there's a, there's a time for that, but with a true mentor, there's, there is that two way vulnerability. Your mentor wants to help and you've got to give them the entree. I feel like I could quote either Brene Brown or The Bachelor, but <laughs> you can we we love Brene Brown, but I'm very the Bachelor. Yeah, I'm interested in the Bachelor quote because I, you know, that's interesting. <laughs> right. That, well, that I mean, that's how you make connection is when there is that vulnerability. You're willing to show that to someone else, and so if a mentor can see what you're struggling with, then there's a place for them to share some wisdom, offer some encouragement. If you're just trying to impress them, yeah, it's, that's a frustrating spot as a mentor because you feel like you're almost getting, I, I say this as a PR professional myself, but you're getting the spin, right? And that's, that's okay at surface level, but if we really have um, a deep connection and if I'm really invested in your career and your well-being, where you're headed, then yeah, let me know and let me let me help. I think that's an interesting point you bring up around vulnerability because what I've realized that some of my mentors are not necessarily like me. And that's something like in my 20s, you know, I was like, oh, well, I want her to be my mentor because, you know, I see myself in her and I want to be like her and, you know, all those types of things. And then as I got older, I realized that maybe I need different mentors who did not have my style because there was so much I could learn from them. Um, you know, I've, I grew up dancing, so I've always been pretty confident and I've always been pretty friendly and talkative. Um, so being shy was never one of my qualities. <laughs> um, but, you know, I had a shy mentor once and I realized from him that, you know, just that thoughtfulness, the thinking before you seek was a quality that I could definitely learn from. So I think that's so important what you shared. What's the best piece of advice you've gotten, Cheryl, from a mentor? Right people, right projects. Right people, right projects. Mm -hmm. I love that. I was just reading on LinkedIn. There was this uh, woman who said that for the first time since coming back from at leave, she feels at ease um, at work. And she said that it's literally what you just said, that it's never the projects, it's the people. And the people are the ones who create the budgets, the timelines. Um, the workload, you know, so I, I think that's a great piece. The other one would be read your copy backwards to proofread it. That's a much more tactical, <laughs> practical, but I did learn that from my very first, first mentor and have never, ever forgotten it. And you, you know, you mentioned having mentors who are different than you and having multiple mentors. I think we've got this sense of like, getting a mentor is a checklist item. I've got, I've got to go get me one of those mentors. You know, and then once you've got it, do you have them for the rest of your life? No. I mean, like, like friendships, they can come and go a little bit. You can also have more than one. And yeah, think about even peers that you have. I have, I have someone who I always joke that she is the chairman of my personal board of directors. She's fantastic. She's very different than I am. She will give me the time. She has different skills. So yeah, a mentor and super invested. Um, so yeah, so think about people who are maybe at your same same age or level of your career, um, and all across the all across the spectrum. You don't have to only have one. And I 
I agree. I would love to see more mentoring programs and more if, you know, if that would be a piece of advice, if, if you ever are somewhere that offers it, take full, take full advantage. You might end up with a really good contact out of it. You might end up with a mentor. So just because it's called a mentoring program doesn't necessarily mean all those relationships are equal, but if it's just networking, Hey, that's a win as well. I would also say if you work, if your company doesn't offer a mentoring program or there's not a formal structure in place, absolutely find your own. And a couple good ways to do that. One, one of the best is proximity. Just get yourself near the person or people you want to be your mentors. One of the simplest, easiest tricks for that is show up early. There's a, you know, a 50-50 chance that they're also going to be early or they might show up right as something's starting. But if you get there early, you're putting yourself in the best position to just have a little bit of time with that person. I would also say, it sounds a little counter to conventional wisdom, but I would also say, don't ask someone directly to be your mentor. It's like asking them on a date, right? It's a little little awkward. Too much pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, And think of the name of your podcast, Overworked. I mean, just even think, how does that make you feel as busy women? If someone says, will you be my mentor? It's like, oh gosh, one more thing. One more thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, what I would suggest is use the magic question, which is find something um, that this person could potentially help you with or have advice, share what's going on and then say to them, what would you do if you were me? That's a far more fun question to answer than would you be my mentor? What would you do if you were me? Oh, everyone else's life is so much easier to solve than our own. And if you're a mid, you're a mid career mentor looking at somebody who's starting out, you're like, Oh, here, I know. Let me, let me explain. This is what you do. And the next thing, you know, you're like, call this person here. I'll make this email introduction. It gets, it gets them invested in you. So that's, that's a great thing to get that relationship started. I love what you said there. One of the things that I thought about last summer was you know, my niece was um, going to sign up for some summer camps, but, you know, it's, of course, during COVID. And for girls, a lot of the summer camps were arts and crafts. Um, so I came up with this idea called Little CEOs Red, um, a marketing project for one week. And Caitlin, Jill, and Challen were extremely instrumental in, um, you know, being the instructors and creating that community. Um, and it was such a lovely way to send 40 girls through this program who all came up with their own businesses. But you're right. It wasn't like a formal, hey, let 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 us and a few other people be your mentors. It was let us teach you something and hopefully you'll learn these skills and keep them with you and um, down to their final presentation and creating their logos and things like that. And, you know, some of the logos were done with crayon because, you know, they were six to 12 year olds. Um, but I think all of us learned something there, too, as part of that. And we almost had this jo- like joie de vivre to come back <laughs> to those classes when we all realized it is really exhausting um, teaching. But the second thing we realized was um, there's just that innocence and all of their ideas had to do with um, sustainability, um, healthy eating, taking care of animals, taking care of pets. Challenge, I don't know if I'm missing any, but they were all amazing. They all tied to giving back. It was shocking. They wanted eco-friendly products included. They wanted to make sure they were organic and safe and 
I mean, these are, Moss just said, six to 12-year-old girls that came up with ideas that were very, very thoughtful and could be real products. I I wouldn't be surprised if some of them actually did roll theirs into um, an actual company. These girls were so inspiring. Right. And that's just an example of mentorship kind of going both ways in a very unexpected way. So super fun. Do you see any gaps in training or mentorship, especially as women, you know, go through college and try to get their first job, um, even potentially deciding their careers? And, you know, when we think about PR and communications, it's such a big umbrella of things you could actually be doing within that. So how have you helped women or or what are the gaps that you've seen? I think, Cheryl, I was just going to say one of the things that Inigo does to help with that. is that they do so many different types of things. And I, I don't know if that is a product of you or of the um, Loyola program or of just of the students being interested in a lot of different things. But um, when we've worked with Enigo, you've done everything from like research, survey research, to video production, to design. Um, so do you see gaps in either opportunity for skills or opportunity for mentorship? Yeah, I feel like skills... Skills are one of those things. Our world is evolving so fast. So I think the skill is learning how to learn a skill, if, if that makes sense. And if you can learn something complex or you can learn how to apply something, then you're going to be able to do that again and again. Right. And if you if you ask anyone who's like over a certain age, like what, what specific things they learned in college are they learning now or what things did you learn on the first job? You know, technology is happening so fast. The world changes fast. But can you can you learn how to learn? I think that's that's the key. And then a gap, I guess I would say, is that or a gap I see is the like students or young professionals maybe not realizing that mid-career professionals are really just slightly older versions of themselves. They're also learning. Everyone's a learner and a teacher until the day you die, your whole life you are. And so that's where I see the, and we could, we could talk about things like imposter syndrome. I think that's part of it. What you are, you're actually loaded with what you need. You've got the ability to learn, to jump in and learn. That's, that's the important part. Um, you'll, you'll figure out the stuff of it. Um, so I think, I think one of the things that I, make sure we do in the student agency is interact with people who are at various points in their career, um, go visit agencies uh, now virtually and hopefully soon again in person. So people can see like, ah, maybe there's someone who looks like me. There's someone doing something um, in something they're, they're editing something on the Mac there. There's someone doing things that I I'm learning how to do. I can see myself in this role. Before I started teaching, one of the faculty at Loyola who I knew through the industry said, could I bring my class over to your agency? I had a loft office just off Michigan Avenue in River North and walking distance from campus. And they said, can I bring 25 students over? And my first reaction at the time was "Mm, nothing to see here. Like what, you know, it's a bunch of desks, a bunch of computers, a bunch of people like I'm proud of our loft and our artwork, but, but really we could all go into the conference room. What, what is there? And I remember that person saying to me, oh, you don't even, you don't even realize how valuable it is for the students just to see what's the setting. What, 
how does it look? What are people doing just to talk to someone who's who's actually got a, an office with a door and to see what this is like or to be in a conference room? And so I I think the and this this is a, this is proximity of a sort to get yourself into the situation so you really see this is possible for me. And then where mentorship falls into that too is I think when you've got people who are believers, they also believe it for you that yes, this is possible for you. I think that's so great. And it actually, Moss reminds me of what we do around International Women's Day with the job shadowing. 100%. Um, yeah, we open up our office to um, high school aged girls um, to come in and just see what it looks like to work for a technology company. Because I think you're totally right, Cheryl. A lot of it is just, you don't even know what's out there until you see it. Um, and again, proximity is huge for that to be able to say like, oh, I didn't even think about doing marketing for a technology company. That's a thing, you know, just to be able to ha- open your eyes to that kind of thing. But on that, I wanted to, to close this section with um, just a final thought from you. Is there anything that you think we didn't ask you that you want to cover or anything that you've learned as a mentor or a mentee that you want to make sure that our listeners hear? Thank you is free. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, it costs it costs you nothing to give it, and it could mean the world to the person who receives it. Uh, mentorship is a two way is a two way street. So always remembering your mentor is a human too. Sometimes make it make it about them or thank them. I I thanked my own mentor today. I said, I'm going on a podcast about mentoring and it's made me think of you all week. Thank you. That's lovely. I love that. I think gratitude pays back in ways that we don't even know. Um, So thank you for reminding us of that, Cheryl. I think that's a beautiful thought. It's so true. I love it. It, it You're right. It's free and it's heartfelt which I feel like we miss being digital sometimes. So whether it's a handwritten thank you, which I've received and absolutely love and keep on my desk, um, or, you know, even an email, thank you is great. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks for being here. And with that, um, Caitlin, should we talk about inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, this isn't one that I had prepared for today, but I am going to say, um, all of the like the thank yous and the great jobs or the things that the emails that I've received in the past, um, both from mentees and also from mentors, I stash those away in a folder in my inbox, literally titled feel good and keep them in my inbox for when I'm having a crappy day or when I'm feeling imposter syndrome. And it's such a, a very quick way to scroll through that folder and say, you know what, actually, maybe I'm having a bad day, but it's just such a good way to overcome that and to feel like you actually have what it takes to, to succeed however you want to or however you put your mind to it. Um, so would highly recommend doing that. Um, the other thing is that we have talked today a lot about professional mentors, but this is one of the the goals for this podcast is to create balanced lives, right? So I do want to shout out some of the personal mentors that we lean on or that we want to seek out. So personal mentors can be a relative, a colleague, a therapist, um, just someone who knows your personal goals and wants to help you achieve them. In, in a previous life, I was a 
collegiate athlete and I had a long um, history of just really great coaches over the years who I look to as personal mentors um, just because they went beyond technical coaching and like the, the success in the pool for me as a swimmer, but to be personal mentors during times of loss or anxiety or nerves. Um, I'm going to shout out my high school coach, Thaddeus Suzga, who actually gave our team a mantra, a mantra that I still use today. And it was so simple. It was just, I can, I will. And it was that just repeating those four words over and over when you think you can't do something, when you think it's going to be too difficult. Um, that's what a simple little way to remind yourself that, yeah, no, I can do this. I will do this. Maybe it'll be tough, but we're going to get through it. For a more tactical inspiration or tactical execution here, the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences has just this complete, the most comprehensive mentor toolkit I've ever seen. Um, I'll call out specifically their micro-mentoring meeting agenda, which can help new mentor and mentee relationships start out a little bit more casually. Um, just give you a checklist of things to think about when you're setting up that first, asking out your mentor on their first date, as, as Moss kind of framed it. it. It skews a little bit towards academia, but you can repurpose it for a more professional use as well. And finally, it just sometimes a mentorship doesn't need to be super formal. You don't have to use an agenda. You don't have to have a task list of things you want to achieve as a mentee. You can just ask a person for a coffee date or a Zoom chat and let them know a topic you'd like to discuss. Um, even that can be really, really valuable, both personally and professionally. So that's where I'll leave us. Just you can, you will, no matter what you're trying to tackle, you can, you will. Awesome. I love that. Thank you, Caitlin. And um, as everyone has said, thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining us as one of your mentees. I can definitely attest to how awesome you are as a mentor. And I know some of the things you've talked to me about over the four years that I've known you now. Wow, that seems way longer than it should. <laughs> um, I can attest to everything you told me and how it's um, impacted my career and my career choices as my career mom as um, most people in an ego call you. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for your time today. As always, for our listeners at home, we'll link all of the resources mentioned in today's episode on our website at www.weareoverworked.com. We want to hear from you on our social channels. So if you'd like to share any comments, questions, feedback, um, any thoughts you have, you can follow and tag us on Instagram or Facebook at weareoverworked or at woverworked on Twitter or on our LinkedIn page, um, which is fairly new, at We Are Overworked as well. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to our channel to get notified when we release our newest episodes. Thank you.